0: All Talk, oh. Grandstand's motor racing show. Three,
1: three, they must be exhausted. All Talk. Fantastic job, mate.
0: Well, that is just a phenomenal effort. This is All Talk with Scott Rowlandson and Jason Bryce on ABC Grandstand Digital, online
2: and on your mobile. Australia no! and Winterbottom hangs off. What a
3: battle! It's hanging off, but it mattered most. After more than a decade of trying, Mark Winterbottom will win the Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000 with Stinger Richards. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, Mark Winterbottom joins the list of Bathurst winners. Thanks to Channel 7 for that audio. Hello, Scott Rowlandson with you on ABC Grandstand. Another absolute cracker of a race at Mount Panorama. We'll talk about the great race soon, but first I need to welcome a man that was right in the mix in that last 20 laps. Jason uh, Jason Bright from uh, Brad Jones Racing. What a finish to the the uh, the fifty first running of the great race
0: It was an amazing finish you know for for most of the race you know when there was not a lot of safety cars and everyone was spreading out you know it, it could have been. You know, one of the the less exciting finishes that we've seen the last few years, and it turned into to the best. You know, it was uh, the, the feedback we've had and and the amount of attention it got. It was it was it was truly a great finish, and uh, you know, a fitting winner. Frosty did a good job, and, and FPR didn't make any mistakes. So uh, you know, hats off to him. We'll
1: get to um, your side of things in just a sec. But talking about Frosty, uh, his first win, the third for Stephen Richards. This is a bit of Mark Winterbottom speaking after the race and some of the emotion that he had after the win.
3: I've been trying so hard and for 10 years been coming here and um, I've been coming here for longer than that. Four years old was my first trip to the mountain and yeah, just wanted to hold that trophy at some stage. So, um, yeah, to finally win it and, and the, the battle at the end and the way that we did it um, and to do it with Richo and to do it with FPR and um, oh, it's just just amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm speechless almost. It's... So good to hold that trophy and the reception you get on the podium, um, that is that's ridiculous. So uh, so good and uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna sink in I'm sure later. But the whole team, the way we uh, worked hard, we've been written off a few times, um, you know, with different things. But uh, what a way to bounce back!
1: This is this is amazing. That's Mark Winterbottom in the press conference after the win. Brody, he was on the program last fortnight as we were previewing Bathurst and was talking up his chances saying he felt like it was a, a fairly good year. What does a Bathurst win do for for Frosty now especially for that back end of the championship this year?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it certainly sets him up for for the rest of the championship. You know, he's uh he's come from a long way back to be honest. He he didn't have a very good start to the year with with different problems and and a couple of mistakes. So, you know, he's he's certainly coming strong at at the right time of the year. Um, you know, but for him personally, you know, he's uh He's he's had a lot of you know he's had plenty of good wins and but you know none of the big round none of the big races you know he um he sort of hasn't hasn't managed to win Bathurst before he you know sort of struggled at, at a lot of the big ones but he can you know he can be so good in qualifying and and uh, and always be up there but you know I think so I think it's a big relief for him to to get that one in the bank.
1: We heard Matty White getting excited from Channel Seven in the the commentary in the start there in that last twenty laps especially in that last lap as Winterbottom... bottom held off uh, a fight from jamie wincup over that last lap he was quizzed about that as well frosty in the press conference afterwards and uh the focus of the last 20 laps really turned to that one pass
3: um i was hoping he'd go the outside at turn two so i was gonna go around the on that last lap i needed a bit of a buffer because at the chase he was quite strong and um that headwind pretty much just gave him a toe every lap so he's always towing back up to me down the straight so um, he went round the outside and then it goes off camber and he just couldn't hold it. So uh, after that that was that was good. But the the last twenty laps um, I wasn't comfortable with the car all day, so just wanted to try and not make mistakes and I knew where my strengths were and where I was weak, so just tried to, to battle on. But um yeah, it was it was good to get that last little gap at the end. Come down the main straight. A bloke run on the track with a Ford flag waving at me so I had to go round him. But uh but um, but I knew we won Bathurst down that straight, and that was that was awesome. So um, I needed that little buffer, and yeah, it's good good to get this trophy.
1: Yeah, it's Mark Winterbottom. Uh, very good to get that trophy, I'm sure. And he did it with a man that you've done it with as well, um, Brodie. In Stephen Richards, he racks up his third now and enters that that realm, I suppose, of true Bathurst champions. He's he's climbing the list, even though he's not in a full time drive anymore.
0: Yeah, now Richo's you know considering his first Bathurst win was was with us in uh 998 it's um you know it's a fair gap between you know his first one and, and his third one and uh you know he's still very competitive uh you know he did a did a great job up there as well obviously to to uh you know get frosty in the position that he was going into that last couple of stints in the lead and and, uh, you know, like I said, they you don't win Bathurst by chance, and, you know, they both did a very good job. Um, let's get into these last 20 laps with you,
1: Jason Bright, because you were well and truly in the mix. There was three cars that became five cars, became six cars as Dave Reynolds tacked on to the end. You were thereabouts at the end, but it was a pretty... Um, it was a Well, it was a clinic in defensive driving from yourself for, for quite a few laps there. How did you see the last 20?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it was... You know the, the previous stint we're actually making ground on uh on frosty and and jamie and you know we we're just sort of chipping away at them uh you know we pitted earlier than those guys did because our window opened you know a lap earlier it seemed and and uh that allowed me to get right on the back of, of frosty and and jamie but you know we because we pitted earlier we just didn't have the tires to to take it up to them and you know I had a couple of guys in tander and and uh and lounsey coming at me you know pretty hard from behind Uh, you know, so it was, it was going to have to be, you know, see, see what I could do to try and hang on to that last step of the podium.
1: Let's talk about the big one, Brody. You're sitting third. There's a few laps to go. Garth Tander makes a move, pushes you wide, Lowndes dives up the inside and you drop two spots in, in realistically about one turn. It was, how did, how did you see it? First of all, if you were a commentator, Brody, how would you call that corner?
0: Well, I mean, you know, it was I uh, he he basically that was his uh, opportunity to pass. He he took it. Um, at, at the end of the day, he didn't make the corner, otherwise, Craig wouldn't have got us both, you know. And uh, you know, if, if having gone around the outside there each other time with both himself and Craig, I was still trying to stick on the outside, and uh, and yeah, he went off the road and took me with him. So, you know, I uh, in the, in the driver's briefings, every race meeting, they talk about leaving racing room and, and uh, if you go through the corner side by side, you have to leave room for the guy on the outside and, and there wasn't, but, you know... You're pretty calm about it, it now, oh. but I imagine you're a bit more heated on Sunday afternoon. Oh, I was pretty frustrated, yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's Bathurst, it's you know, it's a spot on the podium. Um, you know, who knew whether whether Jamie and Frosty were going to ever come in together and, uh, you know, third place would pretty quickly turn to first place. So, you know, you you. Fight for that position as hard as you can, and uh, you know, or you try and get that position as as uh, as best you can. And you know, as it was, like I said, we had had some great racing, some of the best racing that that I've seen in and or had in V8 Supercars for a while. And uh, you know, it, it went on for for several laps. Tander after the race, Brighty said,
1: Jason Bright needs to build a bridge and get over it. What have you done since? I built a bridge. Did you?
0: Yeah, yeah. It went Well. Uh, built a nice little bridge, and uh, I mean, what have you I don't done? Know, all, what have all you been up to? What what have you well, done? Built a nice little bridge out of my son Lennox's uh, building blocks that said "Learn how to pass." <laughs> so, <laughs> Hang
1: on, so it it actually spells something on this bridge as well. It does. I didn't even does. notice that looking at the there picture. You go. Yep. <laughs> wow, that is impressive. Um, <laughs> That is very impressive. We'll put it on Twitter as well. If you haven't seen it, have a look on Twitter, and uh, you'll see the picture of Bridich Bridge with a lovely green machine underneath it as well. Is that David Reynolds?
0: <laughs> Actually, Garth wrote to me and said that my car's red, not green. But anyhow, no, it's all it's all in good fun, and uh, you know, there's obviously the the heat of the moment stuff but you know the race is over now it's uh you know there's um differences of opinion and you know we'll go to gold coast and uh and you know it'll all be forgotten
1: what about the um two new manufacturers back on the mountain we heard from Ross Stone and Michael Caruso uh, on last fortnight's program going into it Ross said he had a marker but wouldn't tell us where it was do you reckon he hit that marker uh
0: i'd be surprised if he did uh, you know i think after sandown they would have been a little bit more confident for Bathurst. You know, they had very good power at Sandown and had a good race. You know, the The pit stops the way it was at Bathurst shouldn't have hindered them any more than what Sandown did, if anything. And, uh, you know, I just don't think that they really had the pace that they expected at Bathurst. You know, I'm not sure what it was about Sandown that suited them a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, they... They certainly didn't factor as much as what I expected. I thought that they would be stronger there. Um, you know, I think Holdsworth qualified 12th. Uh, Tim Slade obviously had a uh, a tough start to the weekend with a big crash on, I think it was Thursday. Mm. Um, you know, And that that you know hurts the momentum of the, the team as a whole. You're listening to All Talk, Grandstand's motor racing show. Grandstand, Loto GP.
1: Yeah, let's talk uh, MotoGP. It heads to the Australian Grand Prix at Phillip Island this weekend. Slightly different 2013 approach to uh, the event last year. If you've forgotten what happened in 2012, this is what happened 12 months ago at Phillip Island. They've come through, Casey Stoner and So as Casey Stoner comes down the straight now. He just goes towards the finishing line and it's Casey Stoner, victorious at Phillip Island on six consecutive occasions.
3: You know, I'm not an emotional person, but it was fantastic to see, uh, you know, so many fans out around the track. I could see them all through the last few laps, uh, you know, cheering me every lap around and... uh... You know, it was just a, a fantastic way to end my career here. What are the emotions you're going through? Obviously, you're stoked for the win. A little bit of sadness that this is farewell to a track that you've done so well in front of your home crowd. Like I said, it's not going to be farewell. I'm still going to ride around this track. I love it too much to just say goodbye and never come back. But uh, you know, it, it will be. You know, sad not to come back here on these bikes and. Uh, you know, I think it was just a great weekend and a great way to top off the year so far. Yeah, the
1: king of Phillip Island, Casey Stoner, his last race at the track in MotoGP last year. For now, anyway, Brighty, um, we're joined as well on the line by Dale Beatty as we preview this weekend's <laughs> race, and it'll be a changing of the guard. Does morning to you?
0: Morning, boys. Jeez, Brighty, you're a busy man. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> we're, what building bridges? <laughs>
1: What did you think? Have you seen his architecture, Daz? He goes all right. <laughs> I
2: know, I've heard lots, but, uh, well, he's, he's doing good. He's bassist and he's in the, in the studio. It's good stuff. We like
1: to keep him busy, mate. Yeah. There has to be a second hardest working man in motorsport after yourself. <laughs> Daz, let, let's turn to this weekend. No Casey Stoner. We heard there the last one last year, obviously, as he wraps up his reign at uh, Phillip Island. Mark Marquez... Has been unbelievable this year Can wrap the championship up in Australia The first rookie to win the championship In 35 years if he can knock it off How impressive has he been In 2013
2: Quite unbelievable isn't it You know, and it's, um, you know it's not over but like you said it's, it's it's damn close that he can Wrap that up this weekend Or obviously the, the following uh, Round of the championship But yeah for a, for a rookie to do it um, You know straight up is, is probably more impressive than anything, as you said, 35 years since Kenny Roberts I remember Valentino Rossi coming awfully close uh, when he jumped on a 500 for the first time, but other than a few falls, that took him out of that possibility, but um, yeah, the kid's on fire, he's had a lot of luck go his way, but as as Brody knows you know, it's you make your own luck and you need that bit of luck over a championship season, and that's what's
0: happened with him. It has certainly been a great year, mate, like, did you know, I, I can't say that I followed his career much before he got into into MotoGP, but, you know, did you have any idea how good he was? Or
2: I guess none of us knew that he'd come out and dominate MotoGP like this. I think, you know, there wasn't a rider in the paddock, and I noticed it when I was in Europe a few years ago when he was in the Moto2 class battling for the championship in 2011 with, um, with Brattle, that whenever he spoke at a press conference, even the guys in Mara GP then really stopped and took notice. And he knew there was a respect there amongst everyone in the paddock. So I think everyone felt that he was going to be successful, but just not come out of the gates this quick. So, um, yeah, well what a career he's got ahead of him.
1: It does for all the talk about Marquez this year, what have you made of the uh, the other contenders, the Pedrosas, the Lorenzos, the Rossies? The focus has been shifted to uh, to this young rookie, really, who can wrap the championship up and we've moved away from the big three. What have you made of their performance?
2: Oh, I think in general, Lorenzo's had a brilliant season. Again, like he always does, very consistent. He's been fast. Um, you know, the Honda's probably had that edge uh, at certain circuits, but, you know, overall there hasn't been a massive difference between the two manufacturers, but... Um, you know, Rossi's come from a couple of seasons at Chicati, which were disappointing for him. He hasn't been able to get back to the level of the young guys, but fourth is still pretty respectable. So, um, Padrosas, I think, could have been potentially still leading this championship if it wasn't for a few, a few incidents that he's had. So, that's what I mean about luck. But, you know, the hindsight's a wonderful thing, and the championship at the moment is all about this weekend, and Marquez has been the strongest.
0: And uh, and with this weekend coming up, mate, who's your tip?
2: everyone, Bridie, I'm, I'm standing here right now and I've got four layers of clothes on and it's pouring with rain. Um, so, so you are but,
0: at Phillip Island. <laughs> I
2: am <laughs> at Philip Island, yes. So, um, you know, I think you know it's definitely those top three guys. It's so Rosa, um, Lorenzo and Marquez that are going to be battling. I feel like Phillip Island being the circuit that is fast and flowing, not too many stop turns, it enables you as a bike racer to stay in a battle even if you lose in those few tenths in certain places. You can get the draft and make that gap up again by Turn 1. So this could be a good weekend for Valentino to be in that mix also. But whether I'll play a big big
1: it does no casey stoner this year as we said off the top it's been 12 months now since he's been on on the bike in a competitive sense what what does that do to the event itself we'll talk to brian starring in a sec who flies the uh the aussie flag this weekend in the the top class but will that affect the the event do you think the crowd numbers the interest in australia with no stoner competing at the race
2: most definitely. You know, I was asked that question a while ago, and I think in Europe you won't see much of a difference because it's just it's so European-based and you've got your likes of Marquez and Spanish riders at the moment are dominating in so many classes. But I think for Australia, already down here you can see the, the numbers are down, and there's no doubt that last year he pulled fantastic numbers again in his last season. So he will be missed here this weekend. But, um, you know, as we know, in motorsport, in four, two wheels, whatever it is, there's the next group coming through. Like we said at the start of this conversation, we didn't think Marquez would dominate the way he has on, um, basically, with Casey's old crew. Uh, so someone's filled those shoes already. So absolutely, um, you know, unbelievable. It's going to be a great weekend, as you said. You've got some starring and other in for a few rounds. We've got Jack and Miller and Arthur Sissons in Moto 3, Westy and Moto 2. So we had a lot of Aussies here this weekend and a lot of guys to support and, you know, when Brad Olds had his injury the last round and had surgery, there were so many Australian Fizzle-wide riders and I think, you know, even Brian himself would have been a great opportunity, difficult for him even though he's already with the team, but to see some Australians city the opportunity to jump on to Brattles 5, but he's here this weekend and could potentially race.
1: Does listening to that in the background, have you commissioned Jason Bright
0: to build something for you, mate? It sounds like you're in the middle of a hurricane.
2: Yeah, I need a bunker, Brian.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like classic Phillip Island, but uh, hopefully it'll oh. clear for this weekend and and uh, you know we can see some good MotoGP action.
1: Daz, thanks, but, boys. thanks for joining us, mate. Catch up soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Daryl Beatty with us on ABC Grandstand. They've
0: turned the weather on, Brody. Mate, <laughs> you have those days down at Phillip Island, but uh, you know, thankfully, thankfully you we you know you see some nice ones down there as well. And when it's a nice one, you really do appreciate how great that place is. But on a bad day, there's not many places you'd you'd uh, you know hate to be. All talk with Scott Rowlandson and Jason Bright on ABC Grandstand Digital.
1: Good enough to take our call on race week, uh, the man who will ride the Grassini Honda this weekend, Brian Starring. Brian, welcome to ABC Grandstand.
4: Yeah, no worries. Oh, happy to be on ABC, thanks oh,
1: for having me. I know you're a pretty straight shooter, so I, I might throw this one to you straight up. If you were writing your own headline for this year, what would it say? What, what would be above the story of 2013 for Brian Starring?
4: As uh, like a summary? Yeah. Um... Good opportunity gone bad. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so is that how you see it? You think you've you've missed the boat a bit this year?
4: Um, yeah. Look, definitely. I, I mean, there's not really any doubt in my mind. It's been it's been certainly a lot more uh, a lot less successful than I really hoped or or imagined it could have been. But um, that's that's life. That's motorsport. That's um, sport in general. It's the way it can go sometimes, and and you know not through a lot of reasons they're out of my control as well so that's the way it goes but uh, the motorbike is particularly difficult to ride and, uh, and I guess in comparison to the rest of the build, the development's been quite you know slow as well so um, you know like I say it's a combination of, a, of really a lot of different reasons but Yeah, we haven't been anywhere near as competitive as we should
1: have been. I spoke to you early in the year when you, uh, I think, a round or two down. And at that point, you were kind of talking through your goals for the year and where you hoped the mark is where that you would hit. And a lot of that at the time, you were saying, was dependent on really developing the bike and getting used to it and getting a good feel on the bike and then really being able to, to work into it, I suppose, as the year's gone on. Have you felt like... Uh, aside from uh, just personally, have you felt that you've you've actually got to know the bike a bit more by this stage of the season? Are you are you comfortable with what you're on board? Um,
4: no, that's I mean you've you've sort of hit the nail on the head there, really, because like I actually don't feel a- at all com-, com confident and or comfortable, and uh, it's just like we're arrived at the point of the season where I expected to become competitive and expected to become comfortable and. And uh, sort of be fine in my groove, but actually, it's uh, it's kind of been the opposite. You know, the at least through the start of the season, we were competitive to the rest of the, the CRC category. But anyway, as the season's gone on and the, the development of everything else has progressed forward, we've sort of uh, hit a bit of a brick wall, really, and um, and we're stuck. So just when I thought you know we should be coming really competitive, it has been a bit the opposite. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep keep trying.
1: What about coming into Phillip Island this weekend? Uh, have you uh, I guess the the obvious question is most think that um being an Aussie you would have turned plenty of miles around the track in the past. But is that actually the case? Are, are you uh, pretty familiar with Phillip Island having ridden there quite a bit in the past?
4: For me actually, yeah, for it's strange because for most of the Australians actually for most of the Australians in the world championship it's not really the case, mm. you know. Um most of the younger guys, or even the older guys that are getting around now, have uh, or left Australia to compete in Europe like, quite young, whereas I was the opposite, really. You know, I came through the Australian Championship and stayed here and competed in every category until I moved my way forward. And uh, so for that reason, I mean, I've done more laps with Philip Island than any other circuit in the world. So, uh, so anyway, look, it, it's a small advantage, and I'll take anything I can get at the moment.
0: Brian, so... All things going well this weekend, you know. Do you have much planned for for 2014 at this stage?
4: Uh, I can't really be sure at the moment. I can't really be sure. I'm I'm looking into a bunch of different options. Um, majority of them not in this championship anymore. It's you know to be realistic, it, it, it's going to be difficult for me to stay in Mudgee G P with the with the results I've had. So uh, yeah, I'm looking at some championships and some other paddocks, and uh, there's certainly a little bit of interest around me. So. To be fair, there was a little bit more interest around myself than I expected after a bad year. So um, that was, I guess, one sort of positive so far. But also, uh, you know, it's only October and, yeah, it's getting later and later and later in the season. But, you know, the top riders will lock themselves into line early and everything else falls into place afterwards. So, you know, I don't really expect to know until sometime in November, really. What, uh, what I'm doing for next
1: year. That's Brian starring on ABC Grandstand. Go well this weekend, mates, and we wish you well uh, for sorting that right out for next year as well.
0: On ABC Grandstand Digital, this is Scott Rowlandson and Jason Bright with All Talk.
1: Friday, um, Gold Coast next. Uh, realistically, are you still in the championship mix? Are you still? Have you got the calculator out? What's the goal for the back end of the season here?
0: Oh, the goal is to get race wins and uh and the championship will sort of look after itself. You know, Jamie is uh is just has been too strong at the last couple of rounds and's got a pretty good gap on us. But uh, you know, we we move back up to six after Bathurst. You know, it'd be great to, to sort of get into that, you know, top five, four. Um, you know, I I'd like I still think we can move up a couple more and just go in the last couple of races, finish off the year with with um, some wins. It'd be nice, and uh, and look forward to getting into next year. Building anything in the next fortnight, mate?
1: <laughs> no, my building's done. I think your bridge, your <laughs> bridge creation has uh, has reached its peak. Yeah. Jason Bright with us on ABC Grad said, "You got to see this picture. He's done beautifully with uh, how old's Lennox." Ah, uh, he's one year old this weekend. And you've pinched his building blocks. Uh, happy <laughs> birthday to him as well, Brody. Talk to you again in a fortnight. Uh, for Phillip Island results and uh, all the details this weekend, keep the radio on and we'll hang him with updates through the weekend. Find out more as well online, abc.net.au slash grandstand. You can download the show via the website and subscribe on iTunes as well. And you can listen back to previous episodes So we talk all things motorsport on ABC Grandstand.